21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning, and welcome to the Education Vanguard. I'm your host, Michael Bowl. Thanks so much for joining me today, and thanks for joining me on my mission of building communities of learners. Today, I've got Ann Tom. She's the CEO and founder of Ace Adventure Studio. The research around game-based learning is very supportive of its ability to attract student attention, as if we didn't know that, improving concept retention, and bringing a positive feel to the act of teaching and learning. And Tom, my guest today, has taken a big jump into the game-based learning world with ChemCaper, the world's first chemistry role-playing game. We discuss the benefits of game-based learning, how our app harnesses those benefits, and what it is like to build an app of this scale. Enjoy the conversation. And Tom, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. I'm a fan of gamification, as I think uh, every student in the entire world is as well. And so we have a good chance to talk about that today, because you have a lot of experience specifically with gamifying uh, things for school. But just in case somebody doesn't know, could you tell us really what is gamification? What, what does that mean? Uh, okay, I think in a nutshell, uh, what it is, is taking uh, things that you want to get across to somebody else. Usually, it's done in a very serious manner, but to turn it into a game or you put elements of game in it to engage uh, the audience or the participants. Yeah. And by doing that, does, does that change how they learn or change motivation or, or what do you think? Oh, definitely, because we've been we've been trying to uh, engage students for the past. Um, I've been teaching for this is my 29th year teaching, okay. and all these years, um, the biggest uh, the our biggest challenge is actually to get kids or even teenagers, okay, to to like what what it is that they are um, they are being taught for that particular lesson, you know, or in general, to even like a subject the way we we like it, you know, that, that's why we chose the subjects we teach. And uh, that, that we found, uh, there are already preconceived ideas as to what learning is about, and therefore it becomes a bit of an issue sometimes to try and connect with the kids. So uh, from the get-go, when I started teaching, it's been um, in the forefront trying to you know, to, to engage and looking for ways and so on. And we found that uh, if you, you know, have elements of fun uh, in it, uh, the kids really like, they look forward to the learning. They look forward to even coming to class. And a simple thing like the element of surprise in mm -hmm. a game, yeah, that makes a huge difference. So, I mean, you mentioned that you say it's the next frontier in, in, in teaching. And do, do, you, do you see that as something that will occupy, let's say, as a teacher, I'm going to do 30% of my day will be gamification or will be 100%? Or do you see it? How much space do you see it taking as far as my teaching day? How much of it do I want to use? Oh, we would love if we can take it to a very high percentage, you know, because uh -huh. we've been doing it in our classes a lot, trying to uh, even quizzes becomes gamified sometimes you see our, our our students having a water fight for a for a bio uh, you know bio <laughs> quiz uh, we've taken our students to camp and turn algebra into uh, you know like a, a territorial fight oh. things like this with water with water and and the kids absolutely love it so what we did was we decided you know look um, since 
getting them to remember information because after all, uh, many schools, many countries, there is still an exam at the end of the day. We figured that, you know what, we need to figure a way to get the learning more palatable for young people because you, you have... You're fighting with media, you know, the digital media. Uh, um, Information is very fluid right now. So they can get it anywhere and in in much, much more um, exciting manner than than the way it is uh, delivered in in a book, right? Mm -hmm. So then we say, okay, you know, why not just give it to them the way they want to learn it? Um, And and the best thing is actually we we looked back, a lot of our teachers are very young, you know, and uh, I've been dealing with students for a long time. And I find that when they play games and they talk about games, if I'm uh, sitting in a car with uh, like my my children when they were young with their friends, they, they can talk about games. And it's I, I'm, I they're speaking in English, right? And I don't understand what they're talking about because it's a whole <laughs> round, it's a whole. But they talk about it with such excitement. So, and the best part of it all is they remember. They remember the names. They remember what comes up next. And their, their reflexes are very quick when they know what's just around the corner. So we decided you might as well just give it to them the way they want to learn it. Um, that's how uh, we, we, we decided to push, you know, the game, the idea of gamification to a whole new level. So gaming is itself, um, I want to talk about your game that you guys have created recently called uh, Kim Caper. But gaming... Gamification itself, it sounds like, from what you're describing it, does not have to be involved using a computer. You can do water fights, etc., things like that. Correct, yeah. It can be done that way because we've even, um, like, trying to get uh, our students um, at about 15, 16 years old to prep for their, say, uh, English exam. So we're using PASIA papers. We have turned even the doing of the PASIA papers into a, a game, like an amazing English race. You know, we did that and we had a chart and the kids were, you know, they were, we, we, we gave bonuses for everything. We didn't, we didn't really bother with how many marks the paper said they should get. We kept giving them bonus marks for, um, you know, taking the steps that we showed them for, um, uh, put, getting it in on time, you know, that kind of practices. So we turn it around that way. Yeah? So, so um, who, who designs your games then? Uh, so that kind of game, you know, the ones you've been talking about, who, who do you have teachers that just kind of come up with it together or where do they come from? Uh, yeah, it, it, we, we actually created a lot of these activities ourselves. And just like Camp Caper, it's actually a teacher initiative. And the school, uh, as a school, we supported it uh, with, because we are funding it. And um, at the end of the day, we're encouraging our, our teachers and then we, we took on, we set up another company and, and brought in 2D artists, 3D artists, you know. Uh, so we have an entire department upstairs just to support our teachers' initiative with this. Oh, wow. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Kim Caper. So, I mean, I looked at it, I watched the video on it. It's basically, it's a role-playing game, but you also learn chemistry at the same time. Is that a good way to describe it? Or is it a teaching tool to learn chemistry that also has games? Okay, I think your first description uh, suits it best because uh-huh. it is direct to students. Uh, we were not looking at teaching it in class at 15 or 16 years old for the, for the students. Yeah, we, we are actually looking at bringing chemistry down to uh, children at the age of 10 to 14 years old. We even tested it on children, uh, you know, let them, we let them try it out at the age of six to nine. And we were quite blown away by their, their reactions and what 
we got some feedback from from them there. Uh, in in the, the trials, yeah, like we, we got them to sit together to try the 10 to 11 year olds. Uh, they were discussing with each other. They were talking about potassium. They were talking about all the characters called oxyto, you know, things like this, which was really cool for us because. And they, they told us they didn't like one of the characters in there because it was very greedy, ate up all their credits. Uh, that was the kind of engagement we found uh, with the children. And they actually read through the story and they could follow through the game. Okay. Uh, that, was, that amazed us, yeah. So why start with chemistry? Why not start with, I don't know, math or geography or something else? Why particularly did you start in this area? We actually were looking at the math and the sciences because we knew it wasn't just our country, uh, you know, to, that, that as a country we're having difficulty engaging uh, young people to take on sciences, the sciences and math in particular at university levels. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm. So then we decided, look, if they liked it, I think they would be more inclined to pursue it. Yeah. So we said, okay, look, uh, generally children, um, when things engage them at a very young age, uh, these memories and these things that they enjoy carry with them or they carry it throughout their lives and they have very fond memories. So we thought that, look, if they liked it at a very young age, then you we are already over one major hurdle when they actually learn chemistry at the age of 15, 16. And, you know, imagine coming to class, you already have very good memories and they're not uh, trying to fight the teacher or uh-huh. the, the itself or the subject itself, you know. Um, and we chose chemistry because uh, it, we... Uh, we talk to Melinda, Melinda Lim. She is our director of schools in our organization, right? Hmm. She, her background is actually in engineering, but she went to teaching in Singapore. Um, we got her back here to set up our own international school. So we went to her and said, look, um, which subject should we start first? She says, you know what? Chemistry. No, no hesitation. Chemistry. Because uh, she felt that uh, it, it's one subject that as a teacher, they find hardest to engage the young uh, learners, because uh, it is something that is not visible. You know, you really have to have very, very strong equipment to see what goes on uh, with chemistry, because they're all at molecular level. You know, um, so that's why we chose chemistry. Okay, well, it sounds like it wasn't particularly easy. Uh, so, any regrets now, or I guess it's too late to say that, huh? <laughs> we had we had absolutely no idea what we got ourselves into, and yes, it is true. It is very tough, and um, for us, you know, when you create a, a role playing game, you have you have the narrative team, you have the game design team, and you have the programming team. We didn't know that um, doing those three things were pretty tough already, and we added a fourth element, which was the education part, and it wasn't choosing one one little aspect of chemistry to gamify, which is like you think you decide to to do um, uh, acids and alkali, you know, uh-huh. uh, we didn't. We took an entire curriculum, the whole world of chemistry, and we're trying to create one big story behind it. Because uh, what we've got right now is just what's equivalent to about year seven chemistry uh, for the IGCSE Cambridge curriculum, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Imagine taking all the, the subjects, the topics in there and creating a game out of it. One game, not many, many games. And then we're going to link it to Act 2, which is like year 8 of chemistry and link everything together in one story. And it goes on until we complete an entire year 7 to year 11 curriculum in one story. Uh, but okay. it, 
Mm, but it doesn't stop there either, because we are uh, intending to move in the physics world, bio world, math, math world, and they will belong in one big universe and one major storyline. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask about is the, so you have this one, and now once you have this done, you figure out how to make it, you have your creative teams together, and so those are the other, it sounds like the other hard science and math areas you're looking to move forward into. Do you have a, a timeline that you're looking for, or are you still just trying to make sure this one's perfected? Uh, oh, the, those things we are already, we actually are working on Act 2 itself. Oh. Uh, the, yeah, it, it, takes, it takes a while, because this game took us three years to create, yeah? Um, so we didn't expect it to take this long, honestly. Um, but the thing is, it had to be done. It was something that, that is, uh, you know, one of our, um, it's really not, it's beyond a wish list. You know, it's beyond a wish list. It is something that is just absolutely necessary. And because, uh, you know, while I was at the 21st Century uh, Learning Conference in Hong Kong, uh-huh. yeah, um, giving the preparing the talk, um, I had to do a bit of research on the history of video games. And the horror of horrors, what I realized was that the game industry uh, is 50 years ahead of us trying to catch up in the education industry. Oh, interesting. And, uh, that in itself uh, be- became, it, it becomes a, an issue for us as teachers because this is what we are up against. You know, it's, it's no wonder children are more engaged in, uh, in on their mobile devices and the computer than they are in learning from a book. That therein lies lies the you know the core of the issue. The fifty years. In some ways, maybe that's a good thing because there's fifty years of technology that you can take advantage of <laughs> that's already been designed and created and ready for you to use. Uh, well, yeah, that would be the. That would be the um, um, positive way of looking at it, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I got a question. So you make it, like you, you mentioned how you talk to teachers about this at the conference. You might once in a while get resistance where teachers will say, look, games are games and children just need to behave differently at school and learn discipline, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you say to somebody who says, look, we're just giving in to this new kind of thinking for students and we need them to learn in the old ways as well? Do you have a, a response for that person? Um, actually, we haven't come across that, you know. Um, when, oh. You see, the, the, the problem with games is that right now uh, it is not perceived in, in general, yeah? Uh, there is this uh, perception that it is a waste of time, it's, uh, it's destructive. Uh, I think the impact on, on the children is not right because it's just too much violence and, you know, it's just mindless. Uh, the, the thing is, if you really talk to gamers and you understand the strategies that are involved, you know, you have to come up with it. Um, the collaboration that goes on in some of the MMO, MMORPGs, mm-hmm. uh, you, you will get a different story from people who really play games. So what we did was um, we, we've got our teachers who really are gamers or grew up gaming. And we just got them together. And look, if you had this, you, you, if this was given to you and you had um, you know the opportunity to do something about it and put what you know about gaming into education. How would you feel about it? They just jump right on board. In fact, our artists are all there because they wish someone had done it for them. Now, when we went out there to talk to parents and we talked to all sorts of people from from uh, business trainers to entrepreneurs to uh, people from the universities and all that, uh, particularly like just now I mentioned the parents uh-huh. and we surprised teachers. 
they love the idea of it. You see, the, the thing about it for teachers is that if a game requires work on their part, particularly if they have to go and familiarize themselves, you know, as teachers, we, we need to know something really well in order to go into class. Because, um, you know, we do get judged. You like it or not, children will judge you and say, you know, how come the teacher doesn't know? Um, and so it takes a lot of effort to go manipulate and really, really know the, um, the app or the particular uh, program in order to take it into class. And I don't think teachers want that majority. Uh, the ones that you see in conferences like uh, the one you had in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. uh, that one is fine because uh, the teachers going there, they want to know. They are already experimenting sure. on them, you know. Um, but in general, teachers across the world, uh, especially in this region, they are, they are not so fast to, you know, to adopt something this new. All right, well, we're getting towards the end of our time here, and I wanted to ask you a, a final question, just sort of looking out in the future. I know you have Chem Caper, you have other games that are on the way, but if we were to look out, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, how many just typical schools are going to be already teaching in this manner? Do you think it's really going to reach across the, the wide spectrum of schools out there? Actually, this is happening on an individual basis in, in many parts of the world, you know. Um, it's just not... Um, uh, like a school-wide initiative or like a drive. You might find it in like, uh, schools, some schools, but you will, it's hard to find it um, being done on a, like a, a nationwide scale. Yeah. So uh, what we decided to, uh, we created this game because we decided, look, let, let's take the whole, you know, the whole teaching thing out of the equation, yeah, uh, and not have to worry the teachers about it and just, do it direct to the kids. And we know that if you go direct to kids, you can throw them anything and they will they will find their way around it, you know. <laughs> uh, teachers, parents, they are all excited about it for this very reason. Yeah. I've been speaking with Anne Tom. She's the CEO and founder of Ace Adventures Studio. Thanks so much for your time today, Anne. Yes, thank you, Michael, you know, for wanting to know more about what we're doing and the whole idea of gamification. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com. <laughs>